I was excited to have an Orange Sox interview with Phyllis and Kevin about their daughter, Laura. I had the privilege of being their next door neighbor for several years. Our children became lifelong friends and I consider them extended family. Their youngest daughter, Laura, was diagnosed with polymicrogyra. It was probably when she was about three or four months old. We went to the doctor and she wasn't progressing. She wasn't making the normal milestones and he checked her and he just decided that he felt there was something wrong with her and so he had us go to the neurologist and that's when we found out. And what was the diagnosis? Well, first she didn't know what it was, but she called it, but it, then we found out it was polymicrogyra which means that the brain didn't develop normally. It's got, if you look at a picture of a brain, it's got little folds in it. And she has lot, had lots of little tiny folds, but none of them were very deep. It's, it's a lot like lysencephaly, um, which is smooth brain. And it, they have a lot of the same symptoms. And How did you feel about that diagnosis? I was like crushed. I was like, you know, why me? Why did this happen to me? I, I mean, I do everything I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm a good person. I, and I try hard to do what I should do, and, and then why me? And that's how I felt. What were your thoughts, Kevin? I, I had a lot of hope still, thinking, well, you know, the doctors will figure something out. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, she'll eventually come around and get cured. But then as we, you know, as we kind of learned about what the polymicrogyra was and things, and I guess I kind of lost a little of the hope, but I, you know, I still felt like, well, you know, we'll have a child that we, you know, we'll love. And, bring up we you know we weren't didn't know how it would affect her when she got to be four and five and six you know at that age i just thought oh, okay she's just slow at making sounds and and things so i just didn't you know didn't have that full reality that she wouldn't develop so how did it affect her when she was four five and six she couldn't walk she couldn't talk she couldn't feed herself she couldn't do anything for herself but she could smile she could smile and she can make people happy and she seemed to comprehend what was going on around her. She just, her body just didn't work to let her do the things that she would want to do. But actually she was, she was happy being herself. What were some of the hard parts about having a child with, with this particular disability? I think feeding her was really hard. She, she had a hard time eating, she had a tonic bite. So she would bite down and she couldn't release her, her um, bite. She, it took forever to feed her. She couldn't, she would gag and it wouldn't go down and it just took forever to feed her and it was really, I think feeding her was the hardest thing. Well, did, do you have anything to add to that, uh, Kevin? Trying to remember that before, I mean, you know, I, I don't remember what age we had the feeding tube installed, but... About four, four years old. Okay, but, be, you know, before that, I guess I worried a little bit about her, you know, not, not growing, but... Uh, and once the feeding tube was in, then that was its own own little fear on learning how to, you know, visually see that, you know, here's a tube in her tummy and connect it in and uh, feed her. I mean, w once you do it a couple times, then it's it's easy to do. And what were some of the joys in having Laura? Well, I think, as Phyllis stated, she had the killer smile. And you could tell when she was happy, which was usually the case, or when she was sad. And I mean, you could pick her up like any normal child and, and, and put her arms around your neck or whatever. She couldn't, she just couldn't move them. And uh, so, that, you know, joys of just holding her and, and she was just happy and, and she could, she would have these 
I want to say giggle sounds, but she you could hear her when she was uh, happy and uh, always smile at you and she's just interested. So if you went to sit and talk with her or read her a story, she was just there and, and always attentive. What were some of your joys? I was just holding her and snuggling with her and she was the best kid I ever had. She never talked back to me. She was, she was, she never ran away from me in the store. She was, she, she was happy. She was such a happy person. She used a wheelchair. We um, tried her with a stander and she liked to, she liked to be upright. We became very creative at finding different ways for her to sit up and to be part of the family. So um, she passed away. How old was she? Ten. Um, how did that affect your family? That was so hard. It was so hard. It's like we, I think we lost a child twice. When she was born and she wasn't normal or a typical child, it was like, well, we lost the vision of that child. And then we accepted her for who she was and we learned to love her and to enjoy her. And then when we lost her, when she died, it was, we lost her, a child all over again. Tell me, how did she affect your family, your children, your immediate family, or, or your extended family? Well, you know, one thing, it, it all the kids learned how to, to, you know, feed her and take care of her, and, and it's nice that they were all introduced to the concept of handicapped people, and so their eyes were opened, I think, into accepting others that were of that nature, and they all loved her. You know, we all learned to just love them, I liked going out, we only went a couple times to the Dan Peterson School and, and where they work with kids like that. And uh, it was fun to go to the Halloween thing because you just see all sorts of kids with different types of disabilities, many like her and others that are different. And, and they all were pleased to be able to participate, you know, somehow. And Laura just to be pushed around in her chair, you know, I think, you know, we'd hold her, they did a fishing pond and so we'd stick the rod in her hand and, you know, she can't maneuver, but she knew that she was, we were attempting to help to give her those experiences and, and uh, I think it brought joy to all of us just to, you know, expand our love and, and uh, to work with her. Phyllis, do you have anything to add? I think she taught my kids to be more compassionate than they would have been. She, um, she helped them to become more open to different people. She was, I feel like that Laura, she came here to teach us that she was here. And, and she didn't belong to just us. I, I know in our neighborhood, she, people would think they were so special. They would come up to her and she would smile at them. They would think, I am so neat because Laura smiled at me. She, she likes me. And, and then, um, I don't know if you talk about church, but in church, she attended um, normal classes for children and the kids loved her and even those kids were touched by Laura and their lives have been affected by her. Sure. So if I came to you seeking advice because I had a child of similar condition but very young and just received a diagnosis let's say, um, what would you tell me? I don't know if you're lucky but and it took us a long time to realize how blessed we were to have Laura that what she was, she brought so much more into our lives than we could have, could have ever imagined. You know, I think there's a song about how you could have missed the pain, but then you would have missed the dance. And she, she brought so much joy into our lives that I wish she was still with us. That's the, that's, that was the greatest pain was when we lost her. Kevin, do you have anything to add? I guess I'd explain that, okay, life will be a little bit different in handling this child and there might be a little bit more time that you need to spend with the child and, and taking care of them. But I would tell you it's the best thing in the world. It, oh, you would miss out so much. 
I guess it's like any other life decision. You know, you choose to do this or you choose to do that, and there's different consequences and things. But oh, yeah, I I wouldn't pass up the child one. That's wonderful. Thank you. Laura's impact on her family and those who knew and loved her was profound. The family still honors Laura and gathers at her graveside three times a year at Christmas to place luminaries and at the anniversary of her death and birthday to release balloons symbolizing her freedom. <laughs>